You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Oh, another jam-packed show. Lots to run through over the next 60 minutes. So let's get right into it. The number, of course, you know. 1-800-919-ESPN on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up for today. We will get to that in a bit. The baseball winter meetings giving us some stuff. Nice change from last year, right? It seemed like uh, last year we just kept waiting and waiting and waiting already. This year, more productive than at this point last year. So we'll see. Of course, yesterday you get Steven Strasburg heading back to the Nationals. I don't think that was really all that surprising. The numbers, those were surprising. It's seven years and 245 million bucks. Wow. And you can just imagine what Garrett Cole must have. He must have passed out hearing that news. Passed out in a good way. Uh, you know, the Yankees are still said to be the favorites, but uh, getting a little leery about that. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Have some uh, interesting thoughts from the future of both the Giants and maybe even the Jets, the Boston Globe, with a very interesting article yesterday. We'll still touch on that. You have the story about Le'Veon Bell out bowling while the Jets, of course, ruled him out from Sunday. What a disaster that deal has turned out to be right off the bat. But let's, speaking of disasters, let's start the Giants and Eagles last night. little Monday night football. Maybe you went to bed early. Maybe you said, you know what, I just can't stay up for it. I'd like to. But if you're up at this hour, right, we always say you're getting up the night before for work, and it was an ugly night in Philly. Certainly not the most – let's put it this way. It was not exactly the Saints and 49ers, right? It was not exactly a one you're going to put in the time capsule. But the Eagles rally last night, in case you're just getting up, just getting rolling. Uh, Eagles rally to beat the Giants in overtime, 23-17. So from the Giants' point of view, nine straight losses, now 2-11 and on the season, and really hard to envision at this point. If you can't, Giants had a 17-3 lead last night, playing in you know, not ideal conditions, but against an Eagles team that apparently, even though they won, I would not say that they got themselves right. Maybe this will, you know, they'll pick things up from here and they'll actually make the playoffs. We we shall see, but not exactly what you would say was a get-right game for them. And with as bad as Philly looked for most of the night, I, I think it's, not really a stretch to say that Pat Shermer has almost certainly won his last game with the Giants. Now, the Giants don't exactly have uh, murderer's row coming up here. They get Miami, they get Washington, and then they get Philly again. But time is running out for Pat Shermer to ever win another game with the Giants because it's pretty clear at this point time is running out on Pat Shermer ever coaching the Giants after this game, uh, after this year. Uh, and with the way that things have gone, just keep in mind, the stat still remains in effect. The last time that a Pat Shermer-led Giants team won a game, Mickey Callaway and the Mets won a game. September 29th. That is how long it has been. And last night, the story going in, of course, was Eli Manning being bad. Daniel Jones with the high ankle sprain. So who knows whether or not he's going to play again this year. And Eli Manning, I know people were pumped up, right, to see Eli Manning. Lots of uh, gifs, lots of uh, tweets, lots of focus on Eli Manning. And that was great until the game started. And then you remembered just what it looked like to watch an Eli Manning-led Giants offense. And all of a sudden, whatever excitement there was, whew, that went out the window pretty quick. And the first quarter was ugly, ugly on both sides for the Giants and for the Eagles. But then a strange thing happened. 
Eli Manning started to hit a couple of plays. He hits Darius Slayton with the uh, the touchdown, uh, you know, uh, maybe a 15-yard pass. He takes off, runs it in 35 yards. Giants lead 7-0. And then right before halftime, the highlight of the night for Big Blue. Slayton gets behind the defense. Eli hits him perfectly. 55 yards. Touchdown Giants. And you're thinking to yourself, well, we're at half here, right? Just about. 17-3. The Eagles have looked like a mess. They've looked like a mess for quite some time, right? They they lost last week to Miami, basically imploded. Their own coach said that they imploded in that game. And here you have the Giants maybe finally able to take advantage. So the one story was Eli, and the other was just how inept the Eagles looked on offense in that first half. Here are the Eagles' drive summaries. You ready? Punt, fumble, punt. Field goal, punt, punt, punt. Not exactly rolling up the offense. And this, keep in mind, I know this goes without saying, but just to make a point on it, this is against the Giants' defense, which by all measures is terrible. And last night, not only did Eli look good, the defense looked great. Zimenez, the third-round pick, couple of sacks, looked active last night. Leonard Williams, you actually saw him during the game. Like when you watched highlights, it wasn't just that the ball. Wait, where's Leonard? Is he in there? Is he out of there? No, he actually had some plays. Now he had one of those. uh, He had a a late hit or an illegal hit on uh, Carson Wentz at one point, but he did actually make some plays in this game. I thought the secondary actually looked very good. Now, part of that I think was the Eagles' ineptitude, because we have a pretty long track record here about how bad the Giants' defense is. But at one point. I guess at halftime, I would say for sure, it was almost like turning back the clock and the Eagles were almost like throwing up in their mouth. And it was like a dream, right? Here's Eli riding to the rescue. Maybe the Giants are finally going to win a game. Not that it's going to mean anything down the road. I'm not saying that anybody thought that Eli Manning getting back in there and, and looking how he did in the first half meant that you should keep going with him or you should you were made a mistake to go to uh, Daniel Jones when you did. But it was like something out of a dream. The Giants might finally be able to to win a game for a change. It's been a long time. But like all good dreams, a lot of times they end just when they're they're starting to get good, right? Like you have a good dream going on, whatever your version of a good dream might be. And then just as it's about to get good, ah, you wake up, the alarm clock goes off. And that's uh, kind of what happened for the Giants last night. The Eagles get a touchdown finally. They tie it. They win it in overtime. Pat Shermer. Basically, I don't even know if you could say it's a brain fart at the end of regulation because uh, he, he didn't call a timeout um, when the Eagles were going to punt. Cost himself probably about 20 seconds, uh, which would have been obviously kind of helpful if you were going to go with a hope to get a game-winning drive. Of course, it was going to be with Eli Manning. And in that second half, you got to see what the Giants' offense looked like with Eli Manning. So I don't think that they were going to drive for a game-winning field goal, but you would rather have the chance at that than than not. And I would say that in most situations, that, that the coach had kind of a brain fart. Like he wasn't really focusing on what he should have been focusing on. But that would be that the coach is a good coach. And it's pretty clear at this point, Pat Shermer is not a good coach. And it's pretty clear at this point, Pat Shermer's not going to be here much longer. The Giants led 17-3 to at the half and were not able to do a single thing in the second half. Nothing. 
Now, has Pat Shermer been dealt a tough hand with the Giants? Yeah, he has. It's not a very talented team. It's a team that's rebuilding. And generally in those situations, especially one starting a rookie quarterback for most of the year, you have to kind of cut him a little bit of slack. But he has taken this bad hand and he has played it awfully. He has played it about as bad as you can. It's almost like he's playing poker. He's like, oh, I got 2-5 off suit. Like screaming it out loud. You really couldn't take his hand and play it any worse. So maybe the uh, you would have to say, though, in fairness to him, he's got a lot of things wrong. But just judging by last night and just judging where things are at, maybe the only thing he got right this season is moving away from Eli Manning as quickly as he did. That one he did not get wrong. But it's been a brutal season. And last night, you got the only thing that you can get at this point of the season. You got one step closer to being it over, right? When going through hell, you keep going. Nothing can save this season for the Giants. Nothing can save this coach, and not that anybody wants to. So it's, a, I guess, a tough loss. You don't want to keep losing games. You'd like to experience your team winning a game at some point, especially when you saw the way that Eli Manning played in the first half, right? Kind of send him out right. Even, I don't know. Maybe he's going to play more than, than just last night. Maybe he gets the start next week against the, uh, the Dolphins. Maybe he plays the rest of the season. I don't know. So it would have been nice to get a win with Eli Manning if this is going to be his last go round, which it certainly seems like it is. But at the end of the day, you got a little closer to getting the second pick in the draft. You got another closer to never having to watch Pat Shermer coach your team again. You ticked another game off the schedule. And oh yeah, you got to see that moving on from Eli Manning, while maybe painful, maybe still hurts for some Giant fans, lots of tweets in the first half, wasn't there? Didn't you see the tweet storm people had? Former teammates, players in the end. I saw Richard Sherman. Hey, don't sleep on Eli Manning. Actually, I should have went to sleep because Eli Man. That's what I should have done. I should have went to sleep because I stayed up to watch that thing until I eventually conked out against my will. But Eli, he can still do it. Uh, no, he can't. And the Giants can't do it. So I'm sorry, Giant fans. Wish I had some better news. Wish I had some silver lining for you. Well, actually, I might. We'll get into that coming up. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776 is the phone number. Our poll question, which is up for today. This is one I kind of contemplated a little bit. And I'm interested to see how giant fans, or just how fans in general would go with this. I know how I would go, but sometimes I'm I'm different than, than the usual fan. So the Giants lost again last night. So it's kind of a question focusing on the Giants. But even if you're not a giant fan, I think you can get in have an opinion on this one. Giants lose their ninth straight. They fall to 2-11. and But they had Eli Manning back, and it seemed like a lot of fans were pumped up about that. And it certainly seems like, you'd have to think, that this is Eli Manning's last roundup, right? He, He doesn't want to play for another team. He only wants to be the Giants quarterback. It wouldn't be like he has a a huge market, even if he did want to go to another team. I mean, he'd basically be going into the same kind of situation that he's going, he has right now. That the the team, whatever team, would probably use him as kind of a stopgap, maybe a veteran kind of guy, but they would also have a young guy behind him. So it, it certainly seems like these are the final games of Eli Manning's career. 
So our question, assuming that Eli starts the rest of the way and with a high ankle sprain for Daniel Jones, I think it's quite possible. What should Giant fans be rooting for, for pulling for over the final three weeks? Do you want to either A, win out, win all the games you have left, which is not that inconceivable. I know it's it's kind of crazy to talk about when you've lost nine straight games and not won a game since September. But you have Miami at home, Washington, and you have Philadelphia again at home. So, I mean, that's not exactly, as I said, murderer's row. So would you rather win out with Eli and send him off on a high note, send him off right? Or would you rather lose out? Because if you lose out, you know at worst case scenario, you're going to be locked into the second pick overall. So which would you rather have? Win out for Eli, lose out for number two? That's the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. Coming up, we'll answer the poll question. We'll give you what that maybe, maybe small glimmer of hope is. If you're a New York Giants fan looking for monumental change, sweeping change after this season. And I might actually have some good news if you're a Jet fan, too. So we'll get into that. The baseball winter meetings, Le'Veon Bell. And there's a story. Have you seen this? There's a story out there that the Patriots might have been cheating. The the New England Patriots? Let me get this right. The Bill Belichick-led New England Bill says he had no idea. Oh, I mean, I guess you have to take him at his word, right? I mean, he he seems when it comes to cheating and scandals, if there's one thing you can rely on, it's Bill Belichick telling you the truth. So we'll get into that too. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Right, I was just getting the sound page up. Uh, do, do we want to hear from Pat Shermer after the game? I, I don't think it would be a nice contrast, right? Like next segment, we come in with the moment of inspiration, and this would be almost like a moment of desperation. Hearing Pat Shermer after the game. Uh, here's his thoughts on Eli's return. Pat! I thought we executed in the passing game pretty well. You know, we were making plays and we actually get, you know, half. explosive plays. Slayton had the two touchdowns and, you know, we were trying to still keep going with that and, and blend in the run, but we just didn't convert on enough third downs to stay on the field. All right, let's hear why he didn't call the timeout right away at the end of regulation. Let's hear his thoughts on this one because that was one that kind of jumped out. Because I just wanted to make sure that they were going to punt us the football there. You're talking about at the very end of the game? Yeah, I wanted to see what they are going to do. I wanted to make sure they – I wanted them to punt us the ball and see if we can make a play. Yeah, but then you had no time to, to do anything with the ball. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Look, I, I, it's almost like piling on at this point. He's not going to be here. That much is clear, right? I mean, it's not, it's not even really to be decided. Who knows how the final three games go? There's almost no scenario. I'm not going to say a hundred percent, but there's almost no scenario. Even if the Giants won out and won 50 to nothing over the final three games. That, that Pat Shermer is going to be here. So it's not real. You know, it's just piling on at this point and kind of a, a waste because uh, it, it's clear at this point he's not really a head coach. He's not going to be a head coach again in the NFL. So uh, at this point, it's almost like bizarro world for the Giants, right? The Giants are supposed to be one of these organizations in town that has prestige, has had success, has won championships. But the last, from now for a while, it's been bizarro world where you're one of the, the, the punchlines of the NFL. And in bizarro world, everything is opposite. So, and that's kind of true for the Giants. 
So it would have been nice maybe to see a win last night, but at this point, a win is a loss. And a loss is a win. And that kind of ties into the poll question for today. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. And it is, what should Giant fans be rooting for the rest of the way? Assuming that, that Eli Manning at least starts next week against Miami, I think there's a very good chance that he starts the rest of the way here because of the high ankle sprain for Daniel Jones. Would you rather win out for Eli, send him off on a high note, send him off right, or would you rather lose out and lock in the second pick? A lot of times I go against what most of the people vote. Uh, this is one that I am uh, completely on board. Nothing good is coming from winning any of the game. I get in, in the moment, right, you watch Eli Manning last night throw a couple of touchdown passes, especially the second one, which was just a beautiful pass, really just ripped it down there, put it out there perfectly. I get it. But if I know for sure, worst case scenario, I'm going to have the second overall pick in the draft. Chase Young is going to be sitting out there. I have all this work to do on this team. This team has a lot of – I mean, it's basically uh, uh, another gut job coming in. I mean, there's some players here that I think might be pieces moving forward. Uh, Darius Slayton certainly one of them. De- uh, Dexter Lawrence should be one. Zimenez had a nice game last night. Maybe there's some guys in the secondary. Maybe. And maybe you can be a little healthier next year, but the offensive line has got to be completely revamped. Daniel Jones has got to take a major step forward in year number two. I mean, there's a lot of hole. I mean, the defense, I mean, almost, I mean, come on. The defense has been a disaster. Now, it wasn't last night, but I think that that largely had to do with the fact the Eagles, uh, the uh, they just couldn't get anything clicking at all. And they have not been able to get anything clicking. It's almost like if you're playing the Eagles, your defense should just put Everybody around Zach Ertz and let everybody else don't even bother with them because it's like the, the, either they're not going to catch it or Wentz's pass is going to be off. The offensive line for them was a mess last night. I mean, it made the Giants' defense look good, so that's all you really need to know. So I said uh, in the beginning there about how there might be a small glimmer of hope. And it's not about whether or not Pat Shermer is going to be back. We, we, we know that. It's over. It's, he's not going to be back. Much like we said about uh, um, David Fisdale, it was clear whether it was going to be in a day, a week, a month, he was going to be out. It, it, it's it's a foregone conclusion. But the Boston Globe yesterday, was it yesterday or was it Sunday? Either way, I saw it yesterday. So that my truth is that it happened yesterday. The Boston Globe had a very interesting like notes column by, I think it's Ben Volen. And he talked about not just how Pat Shermer is obviously in trouble, but that Dave Gettleman could also be out. So, again, this kind of ties into bizarro world where a win is a loss and a loss is a win. If it means that you're going to have a complete house cleaning, well, then that I don't even think you need to have the, the guarantee of an entire house cleaning, just the possibility of an entire house cleaning at this point. I think you would rather lose out get the second pick, and bring in a new regime. Now, who knows? Maybe the next regime might not be a whole lot better. It can't be a whole lot worse. You are now 2-11. and You've lost nine games in a row and have not won a game since September. And the Boston Globe floated out the idea. I don't know if this will get Giant fans all uh, excited, but that uh, Nick Cesario who was part of their front office, was rumored to be going to Houston to be their GM, that he is going to be leaving the Patriots after this and that he would be it would be appealing to him to take over as the Giants GM and bring in Josh McDaniel as the next head coach. I don't know if that's going to get a lot of Giant fans all pumped up. 
I think it's certainly a better option than what you got right now. If we know what we have right now, anything else probably has to be better. Now, that would be the glimmer of hope if you're a Giant fan. The possibility not just that Shermer's gone after this year, but also Gettleman. As for the Jets, now maybe this makes you question a little bit the sources that uh, the Boston Globe is talking to. Because they also floated out the idea that while Adam Gase has been guaranteed right by Christopher Johnson, he's going to be back, he's not going anywhere. They raised the possibility that Woody Johnson is going to be returning from that, what is it that he does there again in London? Ambassador, right. His ambassadorship is up. How I don't know how I barely know what senators and uh, congressmen how long they're in office. I didn't know how long ambassadors, but apparently four years he's going to be up and out, and he's going to be back. So there's a possibility. I think that that's probably a pipe dream that Woody's going to come back and and, and overrule what his brother has already said. But they at least uh, raised that as a uh, possibility. So there you go. There's the, uh, the the football notes on the Giants and the Jets. The poll question, which is up on Twitter. At Gordon Damer. And then you have this story about uh, Livion Bell yesterday. I guess we'll touch on this, this here before we get to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Um, obviously, Livion Bell did not play this week. Missed practice on Thursday and Friday and was ruled out for the game because he was dealing with the flu. Right? Adam Gase sent him home. I think it was on Friday. Didn't want to get any of the other players sick. That makes sense, right? Well, the Post has a story that apparently Lev Bell was feeling well enough to go bowling on Saturday night. You might think to yourself, well, you know, maybe it was like Saturday afternoon. He got to get the kids out of the house. Yeah, he's not feeling well, but it's something. No, it was Saturday night. He went to Booton Lanes, which is not far from uh, where the Jets train in Florham Park. Was there from 1030 to 1 a.m. when the bowling alley closed. So it wasn't even like he was – he probably would have been bowling a little bit later. And Bell was easy to spot in his orange leather pants. So not exactly going incognito. I, I, I like to break out my orange leather pants once in a while. Not usually on a Saturday night. It's usually like a Friday night thing. But I think, A, the, ta- the look, the takeaways of this are, A, I think we can stop with the uh, whole idea that was floated out there earlier this year. You know, Lev Bell, what a leader he has been here. What a great job. I mean, the guy's getting paid top dollar. He has not performed like a top running back. Now, I'm not going to put all the blame on him. When things are right, he is a great player. And clearly things are not right here. But I think the idea of what great leadership he has shown – and really what it has shown is that the contract was a mistake. It was a mistake when he, when he signed. You, yeah, I get it. You needed to have some playmakers. But investing that much in a running back and not addressing the offensive line, it's not even in hindsight, it was in that sight, in the moment, that you knew that that was a mistake. Never mind the fact that it was pretty clear in the moment that the head coach didn't want him. That was the report in the moment, at the time. And it certainly seems like that during the season, and he seems like a guy now at this point that's kind of checked out because I think there's a very good possibility, even though it's going to be hard to do, that he's not going to be here next year or at least wanted to be here next year. Maybe he might be here next year because the Jets just have no other options in in terms of the contract, but that's a bad situation just getting worse And, and just what the Jets don't need. At this point, the Jets are almost like the Giants. Like, let's just get this season over with. 
allow the people running the show in Joe Douglas and Adam Gase. Let's see what what they're going to cook up here, especially Joe Douglas, who does have a good reputation around the league. Let's see what they're actually able to, to come up with because there's nothing that you're going to get from the, the, the remaining three games of this season that's going to give you really any hope or any real focus for next season to say, all right, this is something we can build on. It's just about getting the season over with and seeing what changes you can make knowing that the, the head coach is going to be back. But I think it's pretty clear at this point, Le'Veon Bell, uh, I don't really think that he really cares all that much of what the fallout is going to be because it seems like a guy who either has checked out or knows that he is not going to be here long term. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's get some phone calls in here before we get back to Debbie with the traffic. Here is Eli in Queens. Eli, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's going on, man? Listen, tell you the truth, man, both of these teams are an embarrassment to New York, but... uh Listen, if I was who the Eagles? No, the Eagles are an embarrassment to Philadelphia. Oh, you mean the Jets? I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, the Jets and the Giants. But listen, uh, what I want to get to, if I was listen, if I was John Mara, I would have told Pat Shermer, listen, you're not even getting on this bus. Go get a Greyhound and go. You're fired. You're, I would have did what they did to uh, what, what the Mets did to uh, Willie Randolph. I mean, come take the trip and then fire him over there. But anyway, I think the Giants should lose out and maybe. Maybe he'll get Chase Young, you know, in the in the draft pick, and that was, you know, at least help his defense. Because Jesus, when these guys had no wide receivers whatsoever, and only had two tight ends and maybe a running back, the Giants still wet the bed. Like they couldn't guard Ertz, and everybody knew that the ball was going to Ertz. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this this Giants team, man, I give up. It's 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 just an embarrassment. Of what, uh, you know, and then Eli, what, who was that, 30, 30 yards that he threw in the second half? Yeah, they didn't have a lot. Maybe, maybe it was more than that, but I think, I think that's the number that I heard. It felt, it felt, even that felt high because it felt like every drive was punt, 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 punt. Yeah, and then they stopped giving the ball to Barkley. It was bad play calling, bad defense. This, this team is a train wreck, and that guy, Pat Shermer, is even worse. And then to every press conference that he comes out, he comes out conceded. And like he knows more than than, than everybody, and, and we're the fools here. When this guy lost what nine in a row already? Yeah, no. I mean, look, it's a bad it, look. It's a bad situation. He's not going to. He's got three more games here, and uh, that that's going to be it for Pat Shermer. But the the problems for the Giants run far deeper than that. And what I guess is kind of unknowable, at least for the outsider, is just how well is Dave Gettleman able to make the case that he deserves more time when it's clear that the coach is going to be gone. I don't know that it's clear that the GM is going to be gone. We gave you the report from the Boston Globe that it seems like Dave Gettleman's in trouble, and it would certainly seem like that if you were going to make a, after this year, which very well could be 2-14, and 14, it's kind of hard to make the argument, hey, let's, because what you're doing here is if you're keeping the GM, right, and you're just bringing in a new coach, say you're allowing Dave Gettleman to bring you another coach, and what you're basically saying at this point is that we're going to give him more than another year, right? You can't allow the GM to hire a coach and then say after next year, which is probably not going to be a very good year either, it has to be better than this, but it's probably not going to be a very good year either, hey, then we're going to blow out the G- You don't want to get on that merry-go-round. So if you're going to keep Dave Gettleman after this year, I think you have to kind of make the agreement within your your own mind that he's going to be here long-term, and long-term, at least in the NFL, where nobody's really around long-term, 
is at least more than one year, you're probably going to have to give him two years. Otherwise, you're, gonna, you're better off just blowing him. If you if you think you're going to be in this position next year, you're better off blowing him out now and, and bringing in either a pair of people or allowing the GM to pick the coach and, and away you go. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to Bo on the goal line as they continue the cycle. Popped in front, one-handed on goal by Nelson. Safe, rebound, he scores! Brock Nelson buries his own rebound, and it's 3-1 Islanders with just under 12 and a half to play in the third here in Tampa. The New York Islanders. Who? Your New York Islanders. My New York Islanders. 5-1. Yeah, rolled right past the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. Yes, the Lightning. Yep, took care of them in Tampa last night. A couple second period goals, three in the third. Away you go. Josh Bailey, big game. Anders Lee, all my favorites. Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson sounds like a wrestler. Doesn't it sound like a wrestler? Brock Nelson. His signature move would be like a full Nelson. I don't know. I think that you have to have something more exciting than the full Nelson nowadays. I don't feel like the full, the Ivan Putsky uh, full Nelson, I don't think would uh, be enough uh, from a, a television standpoint. But uh, the Islanders get a win last night. So now my Islanders 27 and 2 on the year and just flying high. Good to see them uh, get uh, another win last night. So there you go. Your moment of inspiration for this Tuesday morning. My Islanders, your Islanders, my Islanders, all of our Islanders. Let's, let's, uh, we don't have a whole lot, people. It's not like we can actually – and the Islanders – you know, it's funny. I never once hear Islander fans complain. Let's put it that way. I was going to use another uh, colloquialism, but uh, I better stay away from it. Complain about how they don't get enough attention. They just and, – and the Islanders have a legitimate fan base. They have a legitimate history. If anybody should be complaining, it would be them. They're having an amazing season at a time where not too many people are having amazing seasons. So, uh, yeah, good good for the Islanders, and uh, away they go. All right, so a couple other stories here before we get back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is our phone number. Uh, a poll question is up for today. It's on Twitter, and uh, you can vote on it there. Should the Giant fans, and if you're not even a Giant fan, would you rather have your team in a position like the Giants win out, especially for Eli Manning to send him off on a high note, or lose out and get the second pick? So you can vote on that there. A couple other stories. A, did you see this one? I'm sure you did by now. The uh, the Patriots, the New England Patriots, have been accused. I know this is going to sound crazy to you. Pinnacle organization. Honesty, integrity. The Patriots have been accused of doing something inappropriate in terms of filming at a game they weren't even playing at. Story from ESPN.com, Patriots acknowledged their production crew inappropriate filmed the, uh, filmed the field and sideline during Sunday's game between the Bengals and Browns in Cleveland. Now you're thinking, why would, well, why would they be filming anybody in the Bengals? No, they they play the Bengals next, and at least the accusation is they were filming the Bengals coaches to kind of figure out the signals. But that wouldn't—that's just not the Patriot way. They they would never do something like that. According to the story, the crew was credentialed by the Browns to shoot video for a Patriots web series called "Do Your Job." <laughs> 
But the Patriots did not inform the Bengals or the NFL that that's what they were doing. The team called it an unintended oversight. Quote, the sole purpose of the filming was to provide an illustration of an advanced scout at work on the road. There was no intention of using the footage for any other purpose. It would be like someone who has been caught multiple times stealing cars. And you find the person driving around in a car that does not belong to them. And their excuse is, well, I was just, I was just borrowing the car. It was, I was not stealing it. I was just taking it from the owner without his knowledge, driving it around to where I needed it. And I was going to put it back. I was going to put it back right. I'm just almost leasing the car, even though I'm not paying for it in any way. As nothing, nothing sinister. No, of course not. And of course, the, the, the main, I think, takeaway that most people had is that the Patriots are doing this to the Bengals. The Bengals! You can't beat the Bengals without filming them on the sidelines. Do your job. Yeah, the guy who was filming was doing his job. His job was to get video of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals coaches. He was doing his job. That was his job. So there you go. The Bengals uh, being filmed on their own sidelines during a game against the Browns. And the Patriots didn't know anything about it. Complete surprise to Bill Belichick. Shocked! There's gambling going on in this casino. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. All right. Uh, the baseball winter meetings. Let's get to those because the Garrett Cole stuff certainly seems like it's moving in the right direction. Uh, and yesterday you get the news about uh, Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg back with the Nationals and the contract. Oh, my goodness. Seven years, $245 million. So at least for right now, he's the highest paid pitcher. And we, it's not really that we care all that much about Steven Strasburg in that Okay, we all knew that he was going back there. He wasn't really a, a target for anybody here. But the contract, oh, my God, that, that's what the Yankees were originally offering to Garrett Cole. And we all can admit that Garrett Cole is going to get more than Steven Strasburg. A couple of years younger, better health history, has pitched in big moments, maybe not as well as the World Series MVP, but certainly has proven everything. And, and he's going to be the number one guy in terms of contract. Here's Jeff Passan on what Strasburg's deal means for Cole. You can make a very good argument, Keith, that Garrett Cole is a $40 million a year pitcher. Right. If Steven Strasburg is getting seven years at age 31, you could make a very good argument that at age 29, Garrett Cole is deserving of eight or even nine years. We may be looking at the first $300 million contract for a pitcher. Yeah, and I don't even think that that's even really a question at this point, right? If Steven Strasburg is getting what he gets, then then Garrett Cole is going to get more than that. And I guess I'm getting a little leery because I've seen how this goes, at least from the Yankees before. Usually the Yankees strike quickly, right? They, they, they operate stealth mode. You don't hear really anything, and then all of a sudden, boom. So the Yankees still seem to be the obvious move. People still say that they're the favorites. And it's expected to be done quickly. So maybe it is. Maybe I'm just being paranoid. But I, as a Yankee fan, I've seen this kind of happen before. The one I usually bring up is uh, Cliff Lee. There was all, all Cliff Lee. They're going to get Cliff Lee. They're going to. And then each day that went by, they didn't get Cliff Lee. And you know what? Spoiler alert: They never got Cliff Lee. So maybe Garrett Cole. All this talk about the Yankees being the favorites, maybe it will turn out to be true. Let's hope so. That's the move the Yankees should make. And if it's eight years. 
And if it's $40 million a year, by my math, that's $320 million. So be it. I don't really care so much about what they're going to pay him because they're the Yankees. And he's the guy to go out and get. And it'll be interesting to see. There were the reports from Bob Clappish that the Yankees made that offer of seven for 245, which is a very strong offer at the time. Certainly seemed like that that would be in the ballpark. The ballpark has since moved. And the Yankees have had a history here of valuing players at a certain price, setting that price, and so be it. Maybe there'd be some wiggle room, but I'm interested to see whether or not it's true that the Yankees are all out on getting Garrett Cole and whether or not they're going to up the offer if if need be, which you would certainly think that they're going to have to, or whether or not they're going to kind of remain true to what they have been doing here for quite some time. And that they'll say, look, we made a strong offer of 7245 and the Angels or the Dodgers or some mystery team came in and offered him more. So the baseball, it's great to have the baseball winter meetings back. They're fun. It's good to have them back. And we'll see if uh, here in the next day or so, as the baseball winter meetings continue, whether or not the Yankees are actually able to uh, get Garrett Cole or if Garrett Cole is really just using this Yankee offer to prop up someplace else that he would rather be. We're going to find out what really, you know, there's been a lot of talk about what's important to him, winning, being the best pitcher of his generation, being close to home, grew up a Yankee. We're going to, we're going to find out what's really the most important thing to him, and it's probably money, but we shall see. And uh, Joel Sherman brings up a, a, an interesting point about, I kind of felt like the Dodgers were going to be the team that's, the real competition for the Yankees, if they, it doesn't seem like they're going to be in on it. And Joel Sherman brings up, you know, sometimes the Angels and Artie Moreno, when he wants something, he just goes out and gets it. And usually that's not the right move to make. The Albert Pujols deal at the time seemed like a bad idea. It was. Josh Hamilton was another one. Seemed like a bad idea at the time. So maybe Artie Moreno says, you know what? I have to have him in Garrett Cole and he's willing to go, I don't know, nine at $350 million. Who knows? So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But the fact that it's out there that the Yankees are so in and everybody sees them at the favorites, it almost makes me feel more leery each day that passes and it's not a done deal. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. In case you're just joining us on this Tuesday morning, just waking up, just getting rolling, well, uh, let me be the first to tell you, if you went to bed at halftime last night watching the Giants with a 17-3 lead, you didn't miss much. Making the call to go to bed at that point was the perfect time. You you picked the perfect time to do it. Because in the second half last night, the Giants did basically nothing. And uh, they lost the Eagles in overtime. So the Giants are now uh, nine straight losses, now 2-11 and on the season. And uh, it's pretty clear at this point that the Giants, if you're a Giant fan who has watched the success of your organization, that you're right now are living through a time that you never thought was imaginable. To be 2-11, and 11, to be one of, and let's be honest, I mean, it's, it's still possible, you very well could have the worst record in the NFL, is a time you probably never thought that you'd have to uh, live through. Not like this. I mean, they've had bad giant seasons, they've had bad years, but not like this, where you have not won a game now still since September. The last time that Pat Shermer won a game, Mickey Calloway won a game, September 29th. And at this point, you're living through Bizarro World. So I think for most Giant fans, if you're in Bizarro World, up is down, black is white. So a loss last night was actually a win, 
even though it's painful to watch the second half if you did stay up and watch it and, and see the success or lack thereof for the Giants' offense. It's painful to watch in the moment, but you realize that a loss last night further guarantees, which is pretty much a lock already, that Pat Shermer's not going to back, be back. It maybe makes it more possible that Dave Gettleman's not going to be back. And it makes it more possible that you're going to have, at, at the very least, the second overall pick. Now, who knows? Maybe the Giants will win a game here before the end of the season. Seems kind of doubtful after the performance of last night. But now, sitting at 2-11, and 11, and certainly look like right now, at least, the worst you're going to do is have the second overall pick. Our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, do you want to win out for Eli, assuming he's going to be the quarterback the rest of the way, or do you want to lose out and lock in that second pick? And then the baseball winter meeting stuff, Steven Strasburg yesterday, seven years, 245. We'll see if Garrett Cole gets done here before too long. You know what is going to be done before too long this show? We're already out of time. We'll see you tomorrow for headlines. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.